Yeah, Citizen Kane was April. Princess Mononoke, that was uh, Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. And then Paul did Alpinist. Then I did Scott Pilgrim. Then Jessica did Prestige. Carrie did Smoke Signals. Rachel did Miss Americana. Sean with Columbus. And then round to Jason again for December. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. What's happening, people? <laughs> Sean, your movie was so dang cool. My goodness. Good. Uh, <laughs> I I loved every millisecond second. It, did you love it, Chad? Please say yes. No, I didn't love it. You did? <laughs> no, I liked it fine. I'm I didn't love it. Love it though. Oh my gosh. I I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I loved it. Loved it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. <laughs> I think you guys can convince me into loving it. And no, the, the memory of it, I'm sure I will think fondly of it. But I just wanted some close-ups in the faces instead of this far <laughs> looking at a reflection of a mirror shots for five minutes long. <laughs> oh, I, that was I love what, that. That's what I loved about it, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I you guys can convince me of it, but I found it frustrating at the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, who's Jason's not coming again? Probably Jason's mm-hmm. not coming. Jessica's not coming. Um, Rachel is taking the kids to piano and voice, so she'll jump on on the phone. Gotcha. But I don't think they've left yet, so she's gonna probably pop in a little bit later. I think that's it. And then who knows if Anthony comes? I don't think I saw him. Yeah, I don't think I saw a response one way or the other. Guys, I was just um, applying wart cream to two big toes on a five-year-old. Like, I don't know if his toes were like smooching at night, but like right under the knuckle on the big toes, like, so grandpa the dermatologist has been teaching us the way of the warrior looks like these guys are just about to fall off and turn into leprosy so it's pretty pretty <laughs> gross pretty gross at our house right now you know how like some people like the smell of gasoline or some people like the kit the smell of like spray paint or something like <laughs> my kids like uniformly love the smell of wart wart like paste or whatever <laughs> isn't that like acetone yeah it doesn't it uh, smell it, like it, nail polish remover? it smells like nail polish remover i'm just like oh all right well well what you know everybody's got this i used stuff. to love uh sharpies not sharpies uh expo markers the whiteboard yeah. i was like oh yeah that's great and i don't i haven't smelled that in a long time so i, I don't know if i'm still if i'm indifferent now Come hang out, man. I live in the world of Expo Markers. I don't. I haven't seen a whiteboard in years and years. Huh? We're probably using the same whiteboards that you had in your era, even. The institution. Yep. We have whiteboards around the office, and they all have the Wi-Fi password written on them, and that's it. And it hasn't <laughs> changed since I started working there in 2018. <laughs> Nobody, like, seasonally makes a turkey or a... Nobody touches them. Sometimes oh. they'll have they'll have meetings and they'll get like big pads of paper. They're, they'll put them on the wall and like everybody write your ideas and then we'll save them. It's like why don't we use the whiteboard and not waste paper? But uh, I don't know. 
one of my favorite, least favorite moments as an elementary teacher was we had a, a parent volunteer coming in to teach us about something. I think it might've been about day of the dead. And she got like the whiteboard markers and started going crazy on the smart board. And we're like, no, like, like, <laughs> please don't like the thing that has a projection screen and a touch screen and everything underneath it. And she was just going nuts with the whiteboard markers. So that was, that's awesome. It was awesome. And you're trying to make this like volunteer feel good, but it was not going. Hey well. guys, can you see that screen? Yeah. You betcha. Cool. I'm just testing it. Make sure I didn't have to contact Jason to give me privileges. Yeah. yeah it's, it's going to go to it's, did you see that warning that it's like a chat GPT is like, uh, making a transcript of this conversation again. Did you guys read that transcript from our last conversation? Up to um, a point. It, it was so long. It was so long. <laughs> Summaries, not the strong suit of that. Right. More, more like word for word transcript that got a lot of things wrong. Yeah. So Jason's kind of becoming the new me, like just not showing up for a year. When he comes back, it'll be an interesting when and if. He's got to come back next month. It's his choice. His choice. And he gets to choose a Christmas movie. So that's a big deal. It's a lot of responsibility. That is. There are only yeah. a handful of Christmas movies anybody should ever watch. So <laughs> some of those are pretty rough. He has, He doesn't listen to this, but... I think his choice of movies is worse than my choice of movies <laughs> on the record. <laughs> Actually, no, he chose like Oscar winners and like top movies. Like yeah, he chose the, uh, uh, the Citizen, artist, the artist, Citizen Kane. Never mind. His are like, but there was like mine. a, but there was a, there was a LARPing one though, too. So. Unicorn city. Yeah. Saving Mr. Banks. That was fine. Yeah. I think that was in the I dark. watched a movie. The Peanut Butter Falcon. Was that Jason's? Mm-hmm. And then Citizen Kane. Remember those are the... bad choices. It was fun talking about all those movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I was mostly thinking about the artist and but the artist is I don't know. I don't know. They're I'm sure they're all fine. Um Oh Carrie, yeah. I was yeah, Carrie's joining twice. Awesome. Oh, Carrie, I have um, a horror question, but like before, it might have been like a full blown genre or for for cinema. Oh, uh huh. Oh, okay. Now I'm just got to figure out which thumbnail to look at. All right. So here's the question Have you seen a 1961 black and white movie called The Innocents? Uh, TS or CE? Uh, T.S. The Innocents. Let me look it up. The plural of innocent. Like one person being innocent. Okay. Okay, how about you brush your teeth, drink some water, go potty, see if that helps. Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. Paul. Oh, from 19, what year? 61. There, there are some other horror movies that have the same name. Yeah, there's like a 
like one something from a couple like, years ago like takes place at a monastery or something but it's it's not that Deborah. uh-huh yep uh, the affair to remember person mm-hmm and anna and the king or the king and i i mean yep yep um i don't know if i ha- i don't think i have seen this okay it looks like it's based on the turn of the screw kind of exactly yep yep that was the uh that's the text it's based off so I we watched it. My wife and I we watched it, and I I almost was thinking it. How would did you be, come across it? Like, what was it on? Oh, you can watch it for free on YouTube. It's a Criterion Collection film. Like, no interruptions. You watch 140, not 140 minutes, an hour and 40 minutes or something of movie. Mm-hmm. And I've just never seen anything like it. Um, and it was it was crazy. Almost everything that is scary to you is off screen, um, mm-hmm. which is sometimes for me is often like the scarier than seeing a mangled corpse or like a dog, you know, that's coming down the stairs upside down or whatever. So uh, I I was just thinking as a horror aficionada that perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you did the deep cuts even into 1961, but perhaps not. Uh, I mean, I've seen some films that are like loosely or more firmly based on Turn of the Screw. That one doesn't look familiar to me. But I like I just recently watched a movie where it was like halfway through where I realized I had actually just watched it and fairly recently. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I I remembering one of Sean's comments, it might be kind of Citizen Kane-ish where so many movies have borrowed from it and maybe improved upon that it mm-hmm. might not. But Martin Scorsese said it was uh, like his favorite uh, horror film. Or okay, I'll have to give it a watch. It, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not like a 2023 scary movie, that's for sure. Yeah. So you kind of have to meet it halfway or maybe more than that but it's also one of those scary kinds that you can i don't know like there's not any one thing that as you're watching it you're like oh our kids shouldn't be watching this mm-hmm. and uh, an hour and 40 minutes later you're like i'm not sure i'm a good parent letting my kid <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like they yep. can come anytime give you a kiss give you a hug and it, nothing would be wrong with that and if they sat for an extended period you'd be like i don't know if yeah so, it's kind of like that. Okay. We were watching Columbus and it was fine the whole movie. And then when three people come out of showers at three different times, that was the time where my kid came down. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that down as one of my favorite scenes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some John Cho bum. No, it was mom bum that I, um, but I have a reason why I thought it was like a really like an important scene, even though you might be like, what? I, I Well, I shut the door when I take showers. That's what I was. That's what I was hoping we were going to talk through <laughs> because the, the nudity at the Rick's house is always at 11. <laughs> with Chad, I, I'm trying to remember when we were roommates. Yeah. What was it that you'd say when you'd go to the bathroom? Yeah, so you, I locked the yeah, door. Yeah, I locked it. Yeah. I locked yeah, the door. So I was like, 
Are you trying to come in and see my doodle bopper or something no, like it's, that? I locked the door so Perv's like, you don't come creeping in trying to take a peek at my doodle bopper. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when when Peter was a, was little and we were navigating like what words to use to describe his anatomy, we'd use we'd say penis, right? Like be proper, but the one that he latched onto was doodle bopper, and you oh, were the one that influenced great. that. So when he was that's really little, great. he'd say my doodle bopper and stuff like that, which oh, was just just great. That's... So thanks for your contribution. <laughs> Where does that word come from? I'm sure I didn't make it up. I've never heard any other person use it. <laughs> well, Peter just hit me a whole bunch, even though it was Sean that was telling the story. <laughs> Guilty Sorry, Peter. Hey. <clears throat> it's a fun story. And himself. Oh, Sean, what time are you coming in? Um, I need to check. I think it's like eight-ish by the time we'll, you know, get our car and get there. Okay. I'll look. I'll text you when we're done with this. I'm excited. Yeah. I I need to... ask... Sorry. Oh, I'm just jumping in real quick. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys when, if you have any when Sunday. You're breaking up, Rachel. Prepared. Do the Wiggins have any idea when they'll be leaving Monday? Prepared for. Yeah. What time are you leaving Monday? to cedar city so monday um is kind of loose plans for us right now i think we can't check into the house until kind of late in the afternoon like three or four but we're also going to have family members that are starting to show up or driving in from other places so we don't really have plans but um if you guys are wanting to do stuff monday morning that could definitely still happen Cool. I think two kids are still in school and three of them are out. I'm taking off the morning. Um so yeah, we'll talk. It'll be fine. Okay. You, you're you're not gonna be forced out at any time. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is if we are forced out, I think we have other options. There's gonna be enough people around that we can meet somebody somewhere and do something but oh, we'd love sure. to spend as much time with you as we can but you have to stay at our house as long as possible yeah okay. that's right <laughs> so i still need to go buy some whole cream and then put it and heat it up i think and then put it on a flat pan I think chad i can just... get you some goat's milk tomorrow no i'd need really thick whole cream for my clotted cream recipe oh i thought you were gonna make eggnog no, no, we'll have eggnog. We need to go to Costco and get some of that eggnog again. It's really good. We're do out. the Wiggins have any special dietary needs? Yeah, what do you guys eat? We eat everything. Our kids sometimes think that they're picky, but we know that they're not because they've always eaten everything since they were little, but they try to exercise their autonomy sometimes. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Oh, and then we need to get with Jessica because uh, my dad looked at condos at Pensacola and there is no condos in Pensacola. The closest condos in Destin, which is like an hour and 15 away. But we don't want to be in Destin. We want to be in Pensacola with Jessica. So do you want to like, is, do you know where she's staying? Do you guys know anything about that? 
I don't know. Carrie's family is in Navarre, which is halfway between Pensacola and Destin. Um, I don't Where, know if that helps. <laughs> would you guys want to stay in the same place or at least in the same hotel or are you going to stay with family? What would you, what are you guys, what are you thinking for June, 2024? How, how long are you guys thinking you'll be there? Just the weekend. Cause I just spitballing here. I think it would be fun to like stay in the same place as you guys and not with family. And we can piggyback that onto a visit to family either before or after. So that when we're hanging out with you, we're hanging out with you and not trying to get back to the in-laws or whatever. Yep. I agree. I think it'd be weird to stay at three different places and then just meet up at beaches and other places for food. I think we need to at least stay in the same complex. It'd be awesome to get like a big same house with the kitchen shared and everything. I haven't looked though. It's probably expensive. Yeah, especially that time of year. Yep, because we're going to be in Kentucky like the end of May until that um, until June 6th. That's the Thursday that we're going to probably drive down to Florida. So that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. See what Jessica's plans are, where she stays. It'd be fun. Paul, you're gonna join? Heck yeah, man. Florida, just on the other side of the country, right? Yep. We're driving. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds hellacious. Um I have a sister who lives in Orlando. We but I don't know when are when are you guys going? Oh, the first weekend of June. Oh, Orlando's really far away from Pensacola too. Yeah, it's a tale of two states, isn't it? Uh, I'll I'll keep you in the know. Okay, I really appreciate the invite. Uh, yeah. Oh, what else are you up to, Paul? Well, um sprinting toward thanksgiving and this uh the students are all mildly checked out so you got to kind of come a game because all of them are just thinking about hooking up with their high school flings uh for thanksgiving do you teach a lot of freshmen yeah uh they're they're very new in the program when they um well i used to be teaching almost all seniors and right now i'm teaching almost all freshmen and sophomores wow yeah, yeah so they're thinking about going back home for thanksgiving back for thanksgiving it's a big deal um one student talked the other day about how she felt so old because tomorrow she'll be turning 24 she's like and i don't even have my degree yet and i was just like yeah that sometimes feels old until it doesn't anymore and then um <laughs> other oh we had the coolest conversation um about we compared these three little red riding hood stories one that's kind of traditional one where little red um is maybe somewhat of a sadist and like she has like this blank affect the whole time until she kills the wolf wears his skin and then she finally smiles and then um this <laughs> 
this reimagining where the the wolves oh the wolf is it's a pack of wolves and they're like these were humans werewolves and a uh, little red it's whoever is the most beautiful person in the community is offered to these wolves annually and um and then like where she goes in the woods to kind of take charge of her own story and how there's this little commune of women all of whom have been scratched by wolves but then like they love that they're no longer beautiful because they're no longer prey is this like a graphic novel or is this like a, just a novel with words um, it's a it's a series of short stories by the same guy who did the school of for good and evil or of good and evil or something like that and okay. it was really it was really cool the the students were just eating it up and i'd never taught with any of those so that's one thing uh like i said uh applying lots of wart salve that's a second thing uh, really excited to give you guys pictures as as they fall off we put yep. we put the stuff on plus duct tape plus a band-aid and my sons really look forward to the smell and it's just a very interesting thing right now <laughs> and then last but not least we're headed uh arizona way for thanksgiving but it's weird and maybe this might be relatable to some it's Arizona, the state that I grew up in, but it's Tucson, five hours away by car from where I grew up. So I'm going to see my parents for Thanksgiving, and it's not the place that I used to call home. And then that I have like interesting feelings about that, you know. Is so, you driving to Tucson? Kind of. Uh, I mean, yes, but we're popping over to Vegas to see Steph's brother on Monday. He, um, just moved out there from Chicago. So taking a bit of a trip. Love it. Going the around about way to Arizona. Yeah. So on paper. We're going to go down to Tucson over Christmas. So oh, we're going to head down that way. It's a beautiful little city, man. I love it. Oh, and then when are we need a plan on when we're going to watch and talk about to be Marianne. 2014. I yeah, I looked it up. I, I'm I'm really excited. Are you? Yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Not. I'm, I'm kind of dreading to talk it. To you. And if <laughs> if watching that becomes the mediational tool to talk to you, then I'm I'm all for it. So that's right. Sean, you went on board. Do you want to watch it and talk? What Mary are we? Ann? What is this? This is for Jane Austen. It's it's one of the last sense and sensibility modern adaptations that I'm going to cover. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this will be this will be um my main exposure to Jane Austen up to this yeah. point in my life has been your podcast, the two <laughs> three episodes I've listened to. Yeah. So I don't know that I'll bring a whole lot of um you know experience or wisdom to the conversation, but oh, I would love to join. Well, I had Jason and Aubrey, and Jason had never seen a Jane Austen adaptation except for Clueless. And that was it. That but, might be where I'm at too. Whatever. You watched Emma for part of this. That's true. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't your thing if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, I, I could I, still I, be on a podcast about it though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Tubi's Marianne is going to be anybody's thing, but we'll see. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I watched the first minute and the voiceover 
or sorry, the, the dubbing of the voices was off and it, nice. it's going to be low budget and I'm not sure it's going to be great. I'm sure. Yeah. Very cool. So it's on the Tubi app. That's the only place there where it is. That's when you know something's good. <laughs> you gotta only, watch it with commercials. Only can only be found on Tubi. <laughs> yeah, so uh it will probably be after um after Thanksgiving that we talk, or maybe the first week of December that we talk. So at some point we'll maybe like the third of December we can get together that Sunday evening and talk if that's okay. And then uh I I read so I started listening to audiobooks again and it's it's been years cuz I've just been straight podcasting or listening to podcasts and then I got the library app and signed in finally and I listened to um the library on Mount Char that Jessica recommended last month. And it was weird. And it gave me such weird dreams. And then right after that, I listened to Three Body Problem. And that gave me even more weird dreams. <laughs> so now I just have to read Pride and Prejudice and get ready, get ready for that for next year for January. Was three body problem an Anthony recommendation? Yeah, he recommended it like last year or yeah, like a year. That's and been half on ago. my list from that. Well I saw I that Netflix is coming out with an adaptation in a couple months. And so I wanted to listen or read it before I I watched the adaptation. And I watched the trailer for it after I read it. And I'm like, oh no, why did oh why'd they do oh what why'd they make that decision? So I think it's gonna be a lot of that. So, so you're book better than series book maybe than- it's gonna be different for sure and i mean i read wheel of time a long time ago and then i was watching the amazon prime wheel of time and i'm like this is different from the book but i don't really remember the book so i'm on board whatever <laughs> but this one's gonna be so fresh like oh this one is completely different from the book and it should have done this and this with like de- details Rather than just like a vague feeling that it's different, I maybe I should have read it a long time ago. Is what I'm trying to say, or maybe I won't watch it for a while, so I can forget yeah. all about it. Yeah, Gary, what have you been watching? I just wrote down my list of horror films. Well, actually, yeah, uh, I don't know if Sean mentioned it before. I came on, that was a couple minutes late, but I sprained my ankle Thursday night in the parking lot of my, or in the grass next to the parking lot, my work. Um, So I've been doing a lot of resting and Saturday, I just like stayed in bed almost the entire time, like icing my foot watching horror films. So I watched The Wretched again, apparently. Uh, that one, like, as I was watching, I'm like, I've seen all of this, but like, I could not remember what happened next, so it's still like pretty enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I watched The Sentinel, which was like a 70s uh movie, uh, Night of the Hunted, uh, which was pretty good, uh, The Puppet Man, which I still have like 20 minutes to go, and I've been watching Fall of the House of Usher, 
that uh, miniseries, which I didn't realize until after I had started it that it was another, what's his name? Brad something that did Bly Manor and uh, Midnight Mass and all of those. Um, is it I, is it a horror is it a horror miniseries or was it just like yeah dark in tone yeah like each episode for at least this season is the name of like a a girl and Poe work so there's like the black cat and um other ones um previous ones like Bly, Bly Manor was um Turn of the Screw which is Henry James and I think like each chapter of that one was like a different Henry James short story or something. Too. So, like, even though with Fall of the House of Usher, it's like a story arc, like, there's still, like, in the Black Cat, there was a cat that um, actually follows pretty closely with the short story. Um, but it just, like, they're just able to, like, interweave his short stories in with, like, the actual story itself. That's, like... Do you like it? Different. I do. It feels a lot more like a Ryan Murphy, like American Horror Story type flavor this season, which like I love American Horror Story. Um, but like, I don't know, Midnight Mass and Blind Manor and Hill House are all just like so special and have so much heart and it doesn't have that that same. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have the same heart that like the other ones do but i'm also not finished with it yeah but the characters just aren't as endearing as like the other ones so hmm. yeah yeah and puppet man's pretty good like i I was actually pretty impressed with all the movies i watched as far as puppet man or <laughs> go yeah <laughs> so you're going to continue watching horror movies even after spooky season yep that's what i do you look at all these like fair weather fans that like, oh, it's spooky season. Now we get to watch scary movies. You're like, suckers, I've been watching scary movies all year. Yeah. <laughs> Very not like other girls when it comes to horror films. <laughs> I didn't watch any. I just watched the Frankensteins and that's it. Oh, really? Yeah. Shameful I, haven't chat. Wa- I haven't been watching a lot. Well, Who would have thought that this Jane Austen thing would like take over my watching schedule? I mean, I would have thought like half of every episode is you talking about how many movies you're going to be watching, which I love. <laughs> That's not a criticism. <laughs> oh, so many. I keep on finding new ones too. Like uh, they recommend or on a list, there was a uh, 19... 19- 90 i think it was like it's american playhouse classics or whatever had like eric stoltz in it and some other famous actors in a one set play and it was called uh sensibility and and sense and it had nothing to do with jane austen or anything it was just like named that for whatever reason and i watched like at least 40 minutes of it just like and the camera kept on like, I don't know if it was a bad transfer from the VHS to it's on YouTube. I'd recommend to go like, look it up on YouTube <laughs> because the camera would like warp and like shake around. I think it was just like the weird transfer from tape to 
digital, but I'm like, I'm like, are these choices? Like, is is the director? Are they doing this? It was bizarre. American what? American Playhouse. Yeah, I think so. It was like an Did American. They do... Did they do um, Who Am I This Time? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Shawnee scene. Who Am I This Time, right? It's like a Kurt Vonnegut story, but it has like Susan Sarandon and Christopher Walken in it. And it's like from the 70s or 80s. So they're like babies. Yeah. As a and general... it's like American. As a general rule, when Carrie recommends things to me, I don't enjoy them. But that one was great. That was a <laughs> solid recommendation. How dare you? Well, it's true. Oh, I guess it's, <laughs> it says chicken soup for the soul, but there's no way that was. That's a lie. Oh, no, it is American Playhouse. I was right. Yeah, sorry. Well, you should watch yeah. that. Okay. What's it called? Who am I this time? It Who looks like I it's on YouTube. The whole thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Christopher Walken is like so weird and so fantastic in it. And Susan Sarandon's adorable in it too. Okay. They put on a play. Uh, Color me intrigued. <laughs> they put on a streetcar uh, named Desire. It's based on Kurt Vonnegut? Yeah, it's a Kurt Vonnegut short story. And oh, yeah, I've read that it. short story where they're, they're like two actors and they like fall mm -hmm. in love and they so they like give them. Yeah, yeah, I know the story. Yeah, yeah. And they do like a cat on a hot tin roof or, and then they're like all passionate and then they do like. All weird afterwards. All, yeah, they're all like and then when they're they're they're, they're themselves are like blank shells <laughs> and they don't like mm -hmm. they don't have any emotions and they 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 can only interact through the plays so they like yeah i'll watch it yeah you should watch it. it's great um was there something else for carrie um it was on the tip of my tongue oh uh, was Maybe... it middle march yeah we'll talk middle march i'm i'm done <laughs> with two of this two of like the seven or eight episodes and they're dragon, so it's going to be a while to for to watch Middle March if you want to watch it or okay. talk talk. It'll probably be in January. Okay, yeah, that's more what I wanted to know. Like, how soon do I need to worry about watching it? Yeah, so maybe watch it over on. Christmas break. I think it might be a palate cleanser between the two Jane Austen books. We'll do it as a bonus episode. But 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 bonus, Rachel, what are you up to? I am a voice and piano lesson. It's been a horrible week for us. Yeah, for me. Bad. Actually, actually maybe baby Paul, he's sick. He's had a cough for three months. Been trying to give him different medications. Not going away. So he coughs at down. night and it keeps Rachel up all night. Yeah, then came down with a eye and ear infection yesterday. And cancel work and take him to the doctor and send him to school today because I worked again today. And I had to carry him to school because he was too tired. 
<laughs> yeah, Rachel gave him Sudafed right before school starts, so he was so tired. And he was coughing so much, <laughs> and that stuff help, makes him stop coughing immediately. So, but yeah, he was like, "I'm gonna fall asleep at school and miss everything." <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess Chad got a call the end of today about Cameron. Because Chad had to go pick up Paul last Thursday because I mm-hmm. was working. <laughs> and Chad has to take Henry to the doctor tomorrow because Henry hurt his back last week on Thursday. And Cameron hurt his foot and couldn't walk home. So I had to bring a stroller to pick him up and carry Paul on my back walking <laughs> home. <laughs> that was fun. Because if I if I drove to school, it would take like an hour. Those mm-hmm. parents in that car line is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's been a week, <laughs> and then I haven't worked on Thursdays in a long time. Like my farmers market job, because I've gotten so sick of Thursdays, and I keep canceling and passing it off to somebody else but I have to go tomorrow and I'm just hoping that it rains all day tomorrow so I don't have to go um, but other than those kind of little annoying things stuff is going well. I think the bluetooth do you have your bluetooth headphones on you might want to turn off the bluetooth and just talk into your phone mic it's cutting out a little bit Sorry. It's okay. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. You might, so, you might want to turn off your video too, just so you're you're golden. I know. Okay. All right. Um, well anyway, I don't know what else to say. I've been reading. <laughs> Yeah, what have you been reading? What's up? Or What's good? Um, I just finished a book about the plague. I actually liked it, but I don't know that I would recommend it because there's some... A lot of people didn't like it. But it's called Year of Wonders. And then... I also... Um, in the middle of a children's book series, like middle grade um, historical fiction about a girl who's deaf in the deaf, well, it's not really a deaf colony, but like a quarter of the people that lived there were deaf or something like that in Martha's Vineyard. And they actually had their own specific sign language that was before ASL became the nationwide sign language um <clears throat> I love it it's written by a deaf woman and so it has a lot of perspectives that uh little details that I, you just wouldn't think of as a hearing person that I really like but also like the main character gets kidnapped in the first book and you're just like, really? Would that really happen? But I guess, I mean, back in the day, some weird stuff happened. And then 
in the second book, she goes and teaches a deaf girl who's been locked up and being abused by her family's servants because her family just like um, abandoned her. And the servants don't know what to do with her. So it's kind of like a Jane Eyre situation where she's a, this woman's trapped up in a, but it's a little girl that's trapped and can't speak and hear. Um, so it's kind of like fantastical, the, the things that happen. But anyway, it's very, I, I love it. I think it's super interesting. And I'm in the third book right now. That's all. Great. Yes, show me a sign. Have you read it, Paul? I um, I'm on a book committee that is looking at uh, representations of people who have disabilities, and they just sent us the the third one in the trilogy. So I read it out of order. And um, it's going to be potentially up for like a notable, um, it's called the, I'm trying to remember what, USBBY. It's um, it's like an international book organization for youngest readers. And this particular, it, it's looking like it'll probably make one of the, the notable lists. So yeah, kind of cool. I was like, oh, as soon as you started talking about books for little kids is like those are the only kind i read they keep, keep <laughs> like this this is the best so yeah so did you like the third one because I yeah like yeah i'm trying to remember what it's called though i think it has a similar oh sa sail me away or something yeah, sail me away yeah that's exactly yeah. it yeah yeah they're they're super cool and i think um like you were saying the fact that it's a, a hashtag insider who's finally talking about a disability instead of somebody who's like, I saw a kid whose legs didn't work. And then I just wrote a whole book about kids whose legs don't work. You're like, I don't know if that's what you should do. <laughs> like, yeah. so, like somebody who's actually gone through the thing, uh, like you were saying, I think it, it provides these insights where you're like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know how you would know that short of having the actual experiences. So kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, for my podcast, I interviewed Nikki, and Nikki's blind and loves Jane Austen and writes Jane Austen fan fictions. And she wrote a Sense and Sensibility adaptation or is writing one where, like, the main character has is either blind or has some disability. And, uh, like, a yeah, it's fun. She's great. So I agree. Yeah that she has someone who wants to publish it too already oh yeah yeah that's in your podcast <laughs> let me think i listened to the podcast and i edited the podcast and i still don't remember <laughs> <laughs> um cool anything else rachel or should we go to sean um you guys should all listen to my podcast episodes and get those ratings up. <laughs> yeah, Rachel's done That's two fine. so far. She's did Kandukodane, Kandukodane, which is the Bollywood adaptation. And then she did the worst one, which is called Sense and Sensibility. It's about 
smelling lotion. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's a really good episode. It's a really bad adaptation. <laughs> we just hated it the whole time. <laughs> and then complained about it. <laughs> and then Sean, uh, what have you been up to? Um, let's see. Oh, I talked about this on the last podcast, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot, but Paul was putting kids to bed, so he missed it. But I read, um, we dream of space on the last podcast. I was like a couple chapters away from finishing. So I've finished it since then. So I can talk about it again, but it was really good. That was a solid recommendation. I really oh, I'm it. so glad that you, that you liked it. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of knew I would because I liked her uh, Hello Universe or other book. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a good one. Um, that's the only thing I've read. I haven't been reading a lot. Um, the only other movie that I watched this month besides Columbus was um, Koganada's other movie after Yang, which I hadn't seen before. Um, and for the people that liked Columbus, I would recommend it. For the people that didn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, it's it's different. It's kind of sci-fi, um, but it's very similar in that it's like a very slow, beautiful movie um, where plot-wise, like things happen, but it's not really plot-driven. But I I really liked it. Um, so what's it on? Oh, what did I watch it on? I think I watched it on Canopy. Um, but yeah, it's it's about. Um, it's kind of interesting because this seems like in a normal science fiction movie, this would be like the big twist, but you find this out like five minutes into the movie, but it's this family and the, uh, the oldest son starts to malfunction and you find out that he's like an Android that um, is part of this program. The family adopted a young girl from China. And so they get like a robot Chinese older sibling to help like, carry on the Chinese tradition and like teach them about their culture, even though they're being raised in America. Wow. So that's like, that's the premise of it is like, there's this robot that's part of the family and it's like breaking down. So is it like just a malfunctioning piece of technology or like a human you're supposed to connect to? So it's like exploring that and grief. And um, I don't know, it, it goes in lots of different directions, but mostly I just liked it because it was really pretty. Um, yeah. But it was, it was really good too. Um, the big thing I'm excited about is I've been super stressed at work because there's this trial that starts the Monday after Thanksgiving and goes all the way through Christmas and New Year's. And then there's another trial that starts in February. So I've been expecting to be like extremely busy all the way through like March. And both of those trials got postponed. So now one of them's in March and the other one's in September. So I didn't realize like how stressed I really was until yesterday we got that news. And I'm like, oh, like all this weight is lifted off of me and I can <laughs> enjoy my holidays. So that's been wonderful. Um, <laughs> oh, the, the other thing I did on um, Sunday. So I've been um, working on my Christmas songs. And this year I wanted to like have people record with me. So mm -hmm. I had my sister and her family come over for dinner and had her kids record. So I have 
bassoon and clarinet and um singing and then one of my nieces played sleigh bell so that was really stressful because i was really worried they were going to come and not be able to play and like how do i like put this in the song if they screw up yeah they did really good and it was really fun so i'm not totally done with them but that was a yeah that was a good idea i'm glad i did it um oh man i'm still on the planning process and it's stressful yeah well last year i did it early enough that i got phoebe to animate one of the songs so that's yeah. kind of been my motivator is like if i can get it in good shape early enough i can get her to animate it again so yeah that's the plan i picked a really hard duet to do with myself and um it's like a two piano forehand duet and i got to like do the first track and then play it over you know like i do <clears throat> i still need to learn it <laughs> it's just like i can't sight read this i need to actually practice it's hard i might have I'm to record excited. it four different times because of like left hand ones and then right hand on top of that and then left hand and then right hand I thought your philosophy for the Christmas music was just play through the mistakes. Oh, that's after you practice, at least. <laughs> I got to get it enough. But yes, that is so true. <clears throat> and this year I'm going to use a metronome. So when I sing a cappella, I won't like come in all different times. <laughs> that's great. I'm excited. <clears throat> um why anything else sean i think that's it that's the big stuff and we're going to um southern utah next week for a family reunion and we're flying into las vegas and spending time with the ricks and i'm super excited about that so yeah you're getting a car mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun yeah lawrence has lawrence has a play that he's doing for his middle school and I think it gets the last performance is Saturday, right, Rachel? Saturday night he's done. So I should just be right in time with when you guys are getting in. So I, I actually, I just checked and I lied earlier. I was mixing up our flight home with our flight there. So we actually get in at 1220. Oh, so perfect. yeah. So by the time we get our car and get to where you are, I don't know how long that'll take, but like 130 or two or something. Mm -hmm. all right so we'll do dinner saturday night at my house uh why did you pick columbus what does it mean to you sean wait what you... have, what have you been doing chad i feel like we always skip you oh i've been interjecting here and there with like my three <laughs> body body problem and different things oh i can open up my uh letterboxd Uh, so my letterbox diary, the last thing I watched was <clears throat> since Miss Americana, I watched Frankenstein 31 and then I watched Sense and Sensibility with Rachel and then I watched Columbus. So what I really do is when I have time, I open up Netflix and, or like either should I watch some wheel of time and try to finish that? Or should I just watch like 15 minutes of, I think you should leave. And it's been like that slowly. And then I started middle March 
um, and watched two episodes of that. But I think you should leave. It's just made ex- just for me. It's like the, every single time I'm like, this is this knows my comedy so well. <laughs> exactly what every single skit or sketch. I saw a post online the other day where somebody took their like automatic garage door opener, how it has that string that hangs down from it. And they put a little cutout of him on the zip line. So every time they open their garage, it shows him riding the zip line. <laughs> the zip line with him like kicking his legs when he goes into <laughs> the water. It's <is> so good. <laughs> yeah, him dress up as a hot dog is so good. That's my favorite one. That's the first one I saw. Yeah. Now, my favorite one is the one where the pig comes in through the door or the, the trap door. The pig with a with a mask on. Yeah. Oh man. This is but... so funny because I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I go to sleep at like six thirty every night. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you never stay down and watch anything. Uh uh-uh. unless I make you for this podcast. Yep. <laughs> um what else is going on? Yeah. Oh, there was a play um, called <clears throat> Drowsy Chaperone. And the stage manager um, sent me a text. And it's like, hey, can you help backstage and pull some curtains and things? And so I was, I got a black t-shirt, long sleeve, and... I was part of the crew, the backstage crew for Drowsy Chaperone. Made some new friends and a bunch of the other people from Hunchback were there. So that was fun. Um, yeah, and then me and Rachel went last week and saw it and then went out to dinner with the cast. And this is the final week of the play. I think they're doing like 20 shows or something like that. So that was busy for a little bit. I think that's it. You're up, Sean. Why did you pick Columbus? All right. So um, when this movie came out, I was listening pretty regularly to a podcast called Film Spotting, where they'd talk about movies and they talked about this movie and I was really interested. And so I watched it and I loved it. And after I was like, I want to talk to someone about this, but nobody else on earth except for the people on the podcast had seen this movie. Um, so as soon as this podcast started, that was the first one that like came to mind was like, I want to watch this movie on this podcast just so that like I can finally talk to somebody <laughs> about it. And the Those time felt the right. Yeah. Um the time felt right because I didn't remember a lot about it. Um, it yeah. had been long enough that I'd forgotten some of the details. Um, so it felt fresh enough rewatching it that I think I liked it just as much as the first time. So that's why I chose it. I think I said um, last time that it's a movie that like nobody watched, but that everybody that watched it loved it. And thinking back on that, I, I watched an interview. Well, it was a... Um, 
when they screened this movie in Chicago, the director Koganato went and answered questions and he walks up on stage and he's like, I can't believe you guys are here. It's Tuesday night and the Cubs are playing. And he had like this whole list of all the reasons that nobody should be watching the movie. And he's like, you guys are my people. I'm like, oh, like everybody who watched this movie loved it because the only people who watched it are the people who love these kinds of movies, right? Like, I think there are lots of people who wouldn't like this movie, but of course they didn't watch it. They're not going to go watch a movie about architecture. So I'm curious how many of you guys actually like connected with it, but I, I really, yeah, really Midwest it. modernist architecture with <laughs> right. a lot of windows and squares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. And then, oh yeah, let's watch the trailer and then we'll go through the, the thing. There's this belief that if you're not there when a family member dies, your spirit will roam aimlessly and become a ghost. I saw you at the hospital. Are you from here? Yeah. You like it here? I'm really interested in architecture. Yeah, I hear this town is quite the mecca. There were nights that my mom just wouldn't come home at all. Mom, it's me. Call me back. How long do I stay here? As long as it takes. You're his son. I want to show you something. This was one of the first modernist banks in America. Who are you? <laughs> God, shut up. I'm just trying to tell you about this building. Why aren't you at the hospital? He was never interested. You don't want him to get better? Maybe not. You like her? I think she's bright. You, of all people, should be in college. I just think I should stay here. You are smart and talented. You could do a lot better. Than what? middle of all the mess <laughs> suddenly the place i'd lived my whole life felt different like i'd been transported somewhere else so do i do the plot summary yeah i think that's it okay um <laughs> so let's see um the movie is about two characters uh one of them is from columbus indiana right um, ohio ohio no no it's indiana because you think it's columbus indiana? ohio but it's not yeah oh i don't know where columbus is then color me confused. yeah at imdb columbus indiana so i remember yeah the first time i watched this i was like oh this wasn't even the columbus that i thought it was um well, I, so uh, yeah 
Very yeah, confusing. so it's just like this random weird little town that like somehow has all of this modernist architecture in it. So it's a um, young woman who's like a year out of high school that lives in Columbus and then a Korean American man who um, his father is an architect um, that's coming to Columbus to give a speech. And it's basically these two characters meeting and having lots of long, slow conversations, kind of um, a la uh, Richard Linklater's before trilogy, where they're just having these conversations and you get a little window into what's going on. Um, I guess the main theme of these conversations is the characters' relationships with their parents. Um, they both have pretty... I guess, tumultuous relationships with their parents, but they've responded very differently. Um, Cassie, Haley Lou Richardson's character is like mothering. Her mother basically feels like she like very, very close to her, but feels like she has to take care of her and watch over her so that she doesn't get in trouble and, you know, have her life fall apart. And Jin, who's played by John Cho, um, has kind of had the opposite response where he's pulled away from his father and hasn't, um, hasn't talked to him in a year. And I don't know if I said this, but his father, you know, had a health issue and is in the hospital and um, possibly going to be, you know, dying. He's not well enough to be flown back to Korea. So, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, I guess there's a little more plot to it, but um, that's kind of the, the structure that the movie is built around. And I guess yeah. the other thing that I didn't say is there's all this this architecture in Columbus. So they they talk about that a lot. The movie features a lot of this architecture in their conversations and in the cinematography. And um, yeah, it's just a key component of the movie. And she's wants to she's a wannabe tour guide. So she like practices the facts about the buildings. She spouts facts to um, John Cho. What Jin his name is? Mm hmm. Gin with an N. That's right. Gin with an N. Yep. And then Rory Culkin's in there. Uh-huh. Man, he got shot down every attempt. He got friend zoned hardcore. <laughs> uh any other characters that were missing? Oh, the assistant. So there's a Parker Posey. The professor's assistant, Parker Posey. That Rachel thought was a different person the whole time. What actress was it, Rachel? I'd have to look it up because um, I always forget her name. Elizabeth Banks. Her. Yeah, Elizabeth yes. Banks. Yeah, that's who I thought it was at first too, and then I was like, "Wait a second, that's Parker." It's a common thing on the internet because they're doppelgangers, except for one has dark hair and one is blonde. But that can be changed with wigs and dye. Kind of like my doppelganger. Got fired from British Bake Off. Which I'm sad about. What did he get fired for? I don't know. Not being funny enough. I thought he was funny. Him and Noel. Um... That's Wait, it, did, get, did Noel get fired, Chad? Or is he still on there? No. I haven't watched the new season, but so don't quote me, but I think Noel's still on there and just Matt Lucas got fired. 
I don't know. Jessica could know. Does she watch it? Um, what do you want to do, Sean? Do you want to go into your notes and thoughts, or do you want to circle around and then come back to you? Um, I guess I'll just say a couple things that really stood out to me, and then I want to hear what other people have to say. So I don't like, um, I don't know, guide the conversation too much before other people have um, provided their input. But the, so the things that um, that really stood out to me that I remembered from the first time I watched it and that I loved just as much the second time was, first of all, the, the cinematography. I love how it's just beautiful in a way that I don't think I'd really experienced cinematography or at least not noticed it because the camera almost never moves. It's all these static shots. And it's like, how how am I so impressed with the cinematography of a camera that's just sitting there? But it seems like every single shot has like intention. It's done that way for a reason. Chad, you were talking earlier about that like five minute long take where the whole thing is shot in the reflection of a mirror. And, you know, it's things like that. But also, you know, just these um, very like structured, beautiful outdoor shots of architecture really like sets me up to notice the way that like the indoor shots are framed that normally I probably wouldn't notice. Um, and then lots of other little things like they're having that long conversation where she's kind of spilling her guts and talking about this building that like was healing for her. And the entire time that building's like slightly out of focus, just all these little things like that, that felt so intentional. Like I'm watching someone's choices and even when, like, maybe that's not how I would have preferred it to be, like, I'm on board. Like, I, I'm along for the ride 100%. So that was probably my favorite thing. Like, I almost just want to, like, frame a TV in my room and just play this movie on loop as if it's, like, a painting because it's so beautiful. And then um, the other thing that um, the line that, I remembered from last time is when she's doing her tour guide thing and she kind of, and Jin calls her on it um, as just reciting facts and like asking her what she liked about it. And she says, I'm also moved by it. And to me that, that really struck me as like kind of the difference between, you know, something that we experience as art versus just something that maybe we understand and how that can be different for other people. But I just really like that idea of like, of being moved by something, whether you understand it or not, like, does it, does it touch you? Like, does it mean something to you? And especially in the context of architecture, like I'm not moved by architecture on a regular basis. So I love like this movie that kind of lays it out for you and like makes you feel that because that's not something I'm used to experiencing. So those, those are my main things. And then I want to hear what other people have to say. Nice. Rachel, do you want to go? Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I first off just want to say that I absolutely appreciate your enthusiasm for the movie and love of the movie. I think that's awesome. Uh, my However... favorite scene... <laughs> 
Yeah, right? <laughs> My favorite scene was of the willow trees. So the nature scene, and it was kind of a rare scene that didn't have any architecture in it. And that was what my favorite was. <laughs> um, I did appreciate the different buildings. And I liked the first building where the father fell. And I liked the rain. Um, I didn't quite like the story at all. At all. Like at the end, I remember turning to Chad and Chad was like, you really didn't like that. And I said, I hate this. <laughs> um, and that's not to detract from anybody else's love for it. Normally, I was confused as to why I didn't like it. And I'm trying to figure out why, because normally I would absolutely love things that are slow and take their time to let you like ponder and appreciate and like I keep using that word appreciate but like you know like take it in and uh I like long drawn out scenes of like I just kept remembering the one movie that Paul picked about the aliens and how they had those long scenes which I loved but I just wasn't struck with like the reason that the characters were all together, I guess. I didn't feel like it needed to be that way. Like, probably in my own life, I would have dealt with the situation completely differently. So that's more what I'm critiquing when I'm critiquing the movie. Um, what, was, what was your least favorite scene? Well, I I don't know, but I liked all of the, the characters. I liked all of the um, actors, is what I really mean. The actors oh, were yeah. great. Everyone did a good the job acting. was really good. I really loved the main girl. I don't even know who she is. Um, but yeah, the acting was very good. I guess my maybe like my least favorite scene was when ever there was dialogue, but the camera wasn't focused on their faces. That was really distracting for me. Yeah, that that was so that was something that was like very intentional. Like one of the themes that the director was trying to explore was like, oh, what did he say? Like presence and absence. So um, things like like that scene I was talking about where she's explaining why she was moved by that building and then it cuts to behind the glass and you can't hear what they're talking about. Or I, this might be what you're talking about, Rachel, where she's talking to like the housekeeper and the housekeeper's out of frame for the entire conversation. Uh, or like even when he's having phone conversations in Korean and you don't get subtitles, like you don't get to know what's happening. So I, I totally understand why that might not work for you, but that's something that he was exploring. And uh, I thought this was really interesting with, with the soundtrack. The band that did it is called Hammock. And I guess he already liked the band and was listening to an interview of them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're really trying to explore like presence and absence in our music. And they're like, okay, they have to score my movie that's like exploring the same thing. 
So, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I could totally understand why you wouldn't be on board with that. And I don't know that I love it either, but I really like seeing the director try to explore that, if nothing else. So I'll let mm -hmm. you keep going. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, <laughs> um, when they were talking about, I don't think Chad liked it when Rory Culkin was talking about the um, margin, margins or marginalia marginalia and he was trying to explain what people focus their attention on and i was like yeah that's kind of exactly right like i get so irritated with my kids because all five of them love video games and that's like the only motivating factor in their life you know if I need to punish them, it's take away the video games. If I need to get them to do something, it's give them extra video games. Like, they literally care about nothing else in life. And if they don't get the exact same amount of video games as whatever, you know, like everything just revolves around video games. It drives me so crazy because I don't need that in my home. I don't need it. So it, it's very contentious because I see it as a negative and I don't enjoy it and I don't want to focus on it and he literally was talking about the difference between video games and reading and I would love to just not talk to anybody all day so I actually have enjoyed video game day now because I just put my earbuds in and listen to a book and walk around the house cleaning or whatever I'm usually not even home anymore, but yeah, you're working. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I used, the kids used to like sit around and read books all the time and I enjoyed that and I loved watching them and it felt good and I felt like a good parent, you know, <laughs> but also I've always wondered if I had a daughter, would it be different? Would she love video games? She could, but my guess, according to all of the girls that I've babysat, is that she wouldn't. That she would have a much smaller attention span for video games and would rather do other things for most of her time. So that's another thing that just is a negative for me towards video games. But... <laughs> uh, I understand that my kids love them. Like, so I don't know. Is it good for them? Is it bad for them? Or is it just an attention thing? I don't know. It's something that is an interesting conversation to have, I guess. That's and funny. that's, that's all. Well, at least, oh, I, yes good and i guess one more thing is the whole movie was centered around those few characters and you very rarely got any other characters in even to get a word in so like she had the one friend that talked to her that was annoying she had the housekeeper and she had the um 
the mom's co-worker. The nurse never said anything, I don't think. They kept passing that nurse and they would just make faces at her, but I don't think she ever had any lines. So I thought that was an interesting way to do a movie. I didn't, there was nothing bad or good about it. I just thought it was interesting choice. I don't think we ever saw Jen's dad's face. Like he was standing his back to the camera and then he was laying down and then he was in the hospital room and we never went in the hospital room. So that's like the presence and absence. Yeah. That was in that interview that I watched. That was one of the things that he specifically said. Like there's one scene at the end where you see Jin in the hospital room and you see the dad's feet only, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you never get like a shot of the whole hospital room or the dad's face. There's a lot of narrow, like every time they're inside, they're like in another room looking into the hallway and there's a lot of like narrow hallway shots, like static narrow hallway shots where he's looking in the closet and pulling the hat out or if he's brushing his teeth in that inn. And if they're at her house, they're like in the back bedroom pointing in and there's the bathroom at the very end. Or they're in the bathroom pointing out at the same hallway, but you can kind of see the kitchen there. And then all the outside shots were like nature, but they're framed by a building, except for those willow trees, like Rachel's favorite scene where there's no buildings and no people. It's just rain on the willow trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty. I'm going to, I like the music and I like the cinematography. I thought everything was good i don't know what what else was that casey actress in was she has she been in any other things she's been in lots of stuff um i think the first thing i saw her in was split which was not that great of a movie but i remember seeing Shyamalan. yeah okay yeah um i remember after i watched this i was like she was so great i have to see everything that she's been in and i watched the edge of 17 which i am not the target audience for but i loved because she was so good in it Um, and then a lot of her other movies, they look so much like I'm not the target audience for that. I can't bring myself to watch them. So I haven't seen too many. She was in an HBO TV show, I think that I haven't seen, but, um, this was like her first big role. She was cast in it because the director's wife saw the episode of law and order that she was in. Like she was kind of a nobody. Um, that's cool. What's John Cho been in? Somebody can answer that better than me. Yeah, the White Castle. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That he was in White. Oh, that's right. The Exorcist, the TV show. He's in a tennis. Okay. But is he normal? Is he a serious actor, or is he more a, a comedic actor? Because this was all seriousness right now. I think usually he's in like kind of action style movies, and he's kind of a side character. That was one of the things that the um, the director was talking about was representation and how when he thought about casting John Cho, he's like, oh, John Cho can't be in this. Like, he's not that kind of actor and realized as the director is also a, a Korean American, like his own prejudice of, you know, John Cho hasn't been in roles like this because John Cho's never been offered a role like this and how um, I guess happy he was that he made that choice to to cast him. Yeah, I thought he did good. It's great. 
Carrie or or Paul, what do you want? No, nope. I'll go because I'm I'm fading. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wish this is the kind of movie where I wish I'd actually watched or read the entire synopsis beforehand because like I didn't know how to take it as I was watching it like I thought oh she knew Jin was like that architect's son and so like he wanted she wanted to use Jin to get to him or something he like some weird relationship between the two of like I just kept expecting the stakes to be a lot higher and for it to like go somewhere and um and so like the fact that it didn't was really nice and refreshing but at the same time um yeah I felt like I was trying to make into a different movie than it was it was like uh frustrating like I was taking it the wrong way the whole time um and also, I didn't care much for the architecture. Like, it reminds me a lot of Bauhaus style architecture. And I, like, just very blocky and minimalist. And it's not appealing to me. Like, the one shot that I did like was at the end where you saw, like, the two brick uh, edifices or whatever, like, just almost touch each other, but not quite. And I thought that was really beautiful and delicate. Um, but for the most part, like, it just didn't, um, it didn't touch me the way, like, <laughs> it did the the main character, like, the actress, not the actress, the character. Um, also yeah, I don't think it's, was, like, I don't think it's really, like, interesting or pretty. Like, the outside of the buildings kind of reminds me of, like, BYU campus, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Those like buildings it, yeah. aren't. It didn't even like listening to her explain like the inspiration and the beauty behind it. It was just like I don't see it. I don't. I don't <laughs> feel it. But like I'm glad that you like it and appreciate it. Sure. Um, I did like the sculpture that was out front. That was just like very fluid and abstract and beautiful. And like Rachel said, like that one scene that. I think they go back to it a couple times where it's facing away from the buildings into the nature and just how green it was. Um, that was like a house or something like that. It's got to be some some fancy house that they keep on giving tours through. That house mm-hmm. was fun because it had that sunken in couch. Yeah. Area like the Beatles mm-hmm. had that in one of their movies, too. I think and... that's in the Mary Tyler Moore show, too. They like oh, a man. My I think mom should... has that. Rachel's mom has it. <laughs> we should bring those sunken couch. Well, it's not as extreme, Rachel. It's just like a one step down. This is like the couch top is level with the floor, and there's multiple steps down. Yeah, I love that my couch. And I designed it so, and built it. Yeah, bring it back. Um, and you, one part of it too is like I find. And I struggle with this as an artist and an art teacher. Number one, just like finding the whole thing hoity-toity and like unreachable to the masses and how it like serves almost as a class divide 
between those who like get it and can appreciate it and those who don't but also just the idea like when you assign words of appreciation or just description to things also takes away from it so like when you hear her talk about the architecture it's like don't talk about it you're ruining it kind of I don't know if that makes sense um also just completely off topic but when she's in front of the car and she's dancing and there isn't any music playing it reminds me of those videos you see on YouTube where they do like famous musical scenes where they take out the music and they fill in like the noises that the actors and singers would make and so like I've seen, I kinda... I've seen one of those but it was like high school musical uh -huh. with the real real noises instead of uh -huh. so it, yeah it's like banging on pots and pans and it just sounds really bad yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it reminded me of so I burst out laughing she started doing that how did that even happen so there he's sleeping in the front seat of a car mm -hmm. with no radio on and the headlights are on, but the car's off, and she's dancing. Why was she dancing? And what was... How... I think maybe she didn't want to leave him, but she just needed a moment to, like, be free and to have her mind off everything. But I don't know. Yep. Like, did she want to be observed by him, or was it just, like, for a little moment to herself while he's asleep in the car, or... And that was in front of her high school. And mm -hmm. they were supposed to be going to her friend's party, but they went there instead. So he mm -hmm. supposedly fell asleep in the car and woke up like, wait, are we at the party? And not knowing. So oh, I guess yeah, instead right. of reconnecting with her high school friends, she decided to like go have her own private moment at her high school, whatever that was. Okay. Yeah, I guess I just missed that part of or forgot that detail. Sean's seen it twice. I know I all got the details. It. I understand. I'm the resident expert. And Rachel. And Rachel. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like if I had read the synopsis, synopsis and, like, knew what was happening and knew, like, the motivations behind each character, like, I wouldn't keep expecting it to turn into something that it wasn't. Um, I do struggle a little bit with movies that take themselves very seriously and I feel like this movie did that a little bit um, it was just very very earnest which was sometimes sweet and sometimes like it was a bit much but I love Rory in yeah, it great. he was great in it he was really endearing um yeah yeah so i thought it, i thought it was a good movie i just yeah wish i had done my research a lot of movies you know you want to go in blind or it ruins it for you but i feel like this would have benefited from some homework before you watch it so yeah yep uh paul do you got any notes on this thing Yes, because um, I, I think the family Wiggins like have produced my two favorite movies of movie club so far. Breaking Away, which I wasn't able to attend, but like 
one of the most beautiful screenplays and just like the coolest little ensemble cast of buddies but like uh, the island of misfit toys and i love everything about that movie had you not seen it before oh i had um i I probably watch it once a year and i remember i the first time i watched it i was like 14 and i was just like i just loved when i watched breaking away that like the way that people were talking and acting seemed so natural even though somebody had to think up how to sound natural because it's unnatural to sound natural does that make sense but like oh like even when he's when the one guy who is um one of the sticky bandits in home alone yeah um yeah when, when he's like when he's like running next to the guy on the bike and his posture is all bad and he's like i was depressed as hell when my jockets finally went away and i like even as a 14 year old kid i was like that's the funniest thing that he could say right and oh everything about that movie i love (laughs) and um when dennis quaid like can't think of something smart to say um and he's like well at least i wasn't a midget my whole life like that's his best cut down you know like of all the things that he's like you know so everything about that movie i love so but I think this was my favorite favorite, like of all the movies. And so I'm, I'm I don't know what to do because it's been, it's, I, I've, it's not going to be popular opinion, I think, but maybe that's where's Anthony. Where's Jessica. We need to get some more. Yeah, I don't know. This is divisive. It's a very <laughs> divisive text. So um, I do have some notes, but they're, so I just, I kept on pausing the movie because I didn't want to miss anything. I paused it. And I just kept on very much like Jason. I was just like, oh, and so my, my thoughts, I I have a list. Here's a, let's go through it. I'm excited for for this. It's it. I just put like stellar first scene, like what an amazing cold opening, right? You don't know who any of the characters are. Yeah. But you figure out like, oh, Parker Posey speaks Korean in this. And oh, there's a professor. Oh, got to love architecture. Oh, freak. Somebody has fallen down like so powerful. Okay. Um, I was thinking too early on, like I was like, wow, they've paid so much attention to symmetry in order to not move the camera that even though I think very few people would watch the movie and be like, it's like a Wes Anderson movie. But that was the comparison that came to my mind where it's like he knows to the millimeter what is in frame. And it felt like that's what this director did, too. It's like one hair over is too many hairs. So make sure you hit your mark. Hey, I I have to interrupt you really quick. Yeah, yeah, please. So Kogonata, his his background, this was his first movie. And before that, he was known for being a video essayist. So if you go to his website, he has all of them on there, but they're all dissecting like directors and the things that they fixate on. So like his first video that um, got really popular was about Breaking Bad and how 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 it has all these shots from unusual camera angles. You're like inside of a washing machine or whatever kind of things they do. Um, So it's almost like a supercut of that. But one of his one of the few that I actually watched, he has three about Wes Anderson and one of them is about the symmetry of Wes Anderson and it's just cutting from one shot to another with a line right down the middle of the screen so you can see exactly how symmetrical it is oh so so that's kind of like he's coming from being like a very analytical person who loves and understands film and this is his first foray into like actually making it beyond just the editing so like that's definitely 
something that he's drawing from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause, cause I was like, it's not the color palette. It's not, he probably shot it on digital so that he could actually pay, you know, like fund the movie and everything. But I was like, Oh, but this symmetry. Okay. Also, uh, the Corey, is it Corey Culkin? I, the, I know they're like, you know how they're like Rory. Rory. Okay. 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 Like the best stare around the bookshelf, like move. Like it, it made me laugh so hard when the, <laughs> was that when the high school friend was talking to her? The high school friend who's a girl version of a tool. And she <laughs> like, she, she's just throwing money in front of this person and be like, Oh, well you've never been to Amsterdam. And then like the mom making fun of like, Amsterdam, Monaco, it's all the same thing to somebody who's never going to leave Columbus, right? Oh, but like when he just like comes out like that, I was like, this is great. I laughed and I, I just, especially because like when she was trying to to say why international experience is worth it, like her major selling point was, quote, guys are so much more interesting <laughs> there. <laughs> like, that's why you go to the other side of the world. Guys are so much more interesting. <laughs> like I was like, yes. Okay. Then um, the John Cho character, I loved this quote and I, I, I want to tattoo it somewhere. When you grow up around something and it feels like nothing, I was like, oh yeah you know people come from japan they want to go hang out in southern utah people go from utah they want to go hang out in japan like and whatever you have i also think this of like um maybe the things that you are kind of good at we tend to downplay like if somebody's a really good listener you're like well but everybody's a good listener you're like no you're a good listener but like lots of people super suck at listening and you just need to take the compliment that like thank you for listening anyways so i love that um grow up around something it feels like nothing i uh i had tears come to my eyes when when i had to connect the dots and people were talking through the glass i didn't get to um hear what the one actual tour guide said when he got to that point i didn't get to hear what the main character said when she was looking through the glass and i for a second i was like oh i should probably read her lips and then i was like no 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 i just want to like connect it for myself and it reminded me, uh, maybe I've told you guys about this. I probably have because I have limited capacity, but there's this really interesting children's literature study where these people were reading with first graders picture books and they just flipped a page and they just said, they read this spread, you know, two pages, flipped it, read this spread, two pages. And then they flipped it back to the original one and said, what happened between here and here? And they just asked first graders and the story, you know, almost every first grader could understand, but no first grader said the same thing. This spread to this spread, like all of them connected what happened in between these two scenes in different ways. So I loved that they let us do that. Um, let me see. I thought it was really cool to think of like, if you're, in a rental and you're living in a place that has seven layers of somebody else's old paint that you still choose how you organize what's on the desk. You still choose where you put the dishes. If you don't have enough money to have quote unquote high art, do you get like, um, 
like at home, the the store, like brand, like pictures of somebody's actually, you know what I mean? I thought that was really interesting. And then I also thought it was really cool. Those like wordless uh, cuts where it's just the back alley. One time a guy is reading a book in it. Another time there's a skateboarder. I, I loved that it was kind of saying, what if we looked at alleys sometimes as beautiful? We always think of them as utilitarian, like that's where garbage cans go, or that's where people who don't have homes hang out. But it's kind of cool how, I mean, light from the God of the universe still like touches those parts too, you know, and, and refracts and reflects. Anyways, okay. Um, <laughs> yep. it, it was It was a funny, sad, meth is a big thing everywhere line when she's like, meth's a big thing here. He's like, and he's lived on the other side of the world. He's like, meth's a big thing everywhere. I was like, Ooh, um, is it, is it a big thing in Korea? He said it was even in North Korea. So, uh, you know, where you can't seemingly can't get anything. Hmm. So then a question I had for myself is, is this mom's addiction is it easier or harder to forgive than other addictions? Is it easier to engage with or get over quote unquote than other things? And I was like, Oh, what a weird, like, because there's kind of this narrative around drugs, you know, well, meth, Uh, especially meth, especially like it's not a rich kid drug. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I was just like, oh, okay. Meth would be different than alcohol, which would be different than painkillers, which would be different than, I mean, you're a meth head and it's like meth house and meth. Yeah. Just like tweaker or whatever it is. Yeah, tweaker, and, 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 and nobody, and nobody goes like, so in my geographic region, very rarely do you talk about the people who live on the mountains who have mansions and are opioid addicted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather trailers that have meth bad people big mm-hmm. houses oh isn't that sad that they got it so just really interesting yep. like the rich kid and the poor kid dichotomy did you have a uh, bunch of meth in winslow yeah yeah and um access to like really hard street drugs at a really really young age mm-hmm. but i think that's why i i really enjoyed looking at the back alleys too because yeah I didn't want to like paint with this brush, just be like, even I was, I was curious if she was going to leave Columbus or not. Cause I was like, you're saying a really beautiful thing by hanging out with your mom. You're already cool at 19. And when you go to this big city and follow, like you're going to realize you already had your crap together enough. Like when you come back, like you're going to be okay. Cause you already were at 19, which yeah, I think is really hard to be at 19. Um, Although as I was watching this, I was also, I, I wrote down a note that just said, I wish I had known Sean better freshman year. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, uh, like uh, it's beautiful and sad. I was like, oh, like I just only kind of knew Sean. And like, I was like, if this is his kind of movie, like we could have watched a lot of movies together, <laughs> you know? I don't know if I would have liked this movie freshman year. Maybe I would have. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, maybe but that... we like each other more by not having interacted yeah, very much freshman that's, year. Maybe, maybe that is, we didn't spoil it early on, you know? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I wrote down the shower with the door open. Yeah, it's a lot how it is at our house where 
the little kids at our house don't really see naked bodies of their family members as actual naked bodies. It's only the people with whom they're not familiar where bodies can be naked or not naked. And I was like, oh, mom is just like that comfortable. And she's just there with her daughter. Like probably the mom's body looks like the 17 to 25 years in the future version of her daughter's body. And they're like, yeah, we're okay. We've seen each other. We sleep in the same bed. Um, I thought like the angles of looking at buildings that make the buildings beautiful, but then how weird it looks when these beautiful buildings later in life had security cameras put on them and it made them kind of, you know, like utilitarian things that somebody thought of it as art. And then, Oh, P.S. We got to have security cameras. Yeah, and then there's the the tarnishing, like the rain yeah. spots, and yeah. there's just like they're old now. Yeah, those buildings are old. Like the... they're modernist buildings that are old, which is uh, is hard to think about. Right. Um, I'll go get a jackal. The like I don't know what it was, but it, it looked like it might have had like a pipe organ, and then it was like the pentagonal atrium thing come through i think that was the inside of that church that they were looking at the whole time oh okay okay because the church with the off center yeah uh, crucifix in the front yeah so in that one i was seconds into the scene before i realized that there were people in it because of how small they were in it and i was just like taking in so after i watched this film um sometimes when i'm walking across campus I'll be listening to Marco Polo from my sister or, oh yeah, this is awesome. Um, listening to a Marco Polo or, or whatever. And instead I just like took out my headphones and was like looking at all of the utilitarian cold war era buildings of BYU. And I, I had the time of my life. So <laughs> wait a second. So normally you're walking across campus and you listen to headphones, but what did you do? You took I, out your I, headphones. I took out the headphones. I, I just wanted uh-huh. to hear leaves and conversations, and and even like it was at the end of the day when the only people who were there, like trying to, like, just like the people who vacuum and stuff like that. And I just was, I just looked up and I was paying attention to corners and angles and cracks in the concrete and all of it. And I just thought, oh yeah, these are created by people. So okay. Um, I love when we're looking through the mirror. No. Yeah. At the mirror where John Cho and Parker Posey, they have their very, very brief kiss. And the thing that like was so hard for me, but I I really liked what he said. It was like, I was hoping that never happened. (laughs) Like, like for, for years, like where he's, he's wondered if he's almost created a memory. Um, I loved that Parker Posey had the wherewithal to like, be like nope nope like this is like i realize you're going through a lot but like we need to shut this down um i love that the, all of the characters loved each other and nobody was necess- like at the end of the film was necessarily somebody else's special person romantically and my last thing that i put in orange was um the what john cho says where he's like I'm pretty sure this is what my dad. And if it's not, I'm going to say that it is like, I was like, yes. Like he's just choosing to have agency and create his own narrative. I loved when he would sit crisscross crisscross applesauce, probably how he did in his little kid body and his little kid house. 
but he wasn't afraid to do it. And as much as he doesn't want to be like his dad, A, he's always going to look like his dad, but B, um, he's going to have all of these things that he inherited from him. Uh, I, and the way that I connected is like in my family, I always saw my dad come home and he he hated being a dentist and none of the children, like my brother's a children's book illustrator and a, uh, he started some companies. My other brother's a lawyer and we have these athletes and stuff like that. These are awesome pictures, by the way. <laughs> this is Owen's pictures? These are so good. Yeah. What the heck? I yeah. Owen did a, like a world-class class photography class. photographer. No, That's but it's like, yeah. all like like rule of thirds. Like he knows what he's doing. It's so good. Yeah, he had to do rule of thirds. Yeah, he was oh. taking an online photography class. So sick. So, <laughs> um, so true to my form. It's all discombobulated. It's all over the place. Um, but if I can say it from a place of love, that I really, really enjoyed what has been said so far about even what people didn't like. I loved this movie maybe more than I've loved any other movie for movie club. And I just, Oh, even, okay. Here's even a stupid thing. Do you know when she's on top of her car like this and she's at the strip mall, she's at a bank. I was like, she has a little bit hairy arms. Yeah. I noticed the hairy arms too. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just like yeah. Thank God for hairy arms because people have hairy arms, you know, like, and yep. of, of course people have hairy arms, but hairy arms are never shown like on, like, you know, I, I was just like, thank you for having hairy arms. Like Kate Winslet kind of has like sideburns. And I was like, yeah, I like when they show and she's just, she has a little bit of like human fuzz. And I loved that the hairy arms were left in there. I, I loved literally everything about this movie. So, <laughs> so that's my lot. Lots of sense, man. What a great job! I know. I tried to get him to take more. Oh, that was a stressful class because we had to like go to every place, and then he's like, "I don't want to," but then he wanted to. He did great, man. but still, it yeah. was it was hard. Good eye for it. Those pictures are great. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I like her now. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> you bet, man. My, uh, my, uh, my, my review, it says, I loved the rainy greenery. I need a map of Columbus so I can see where each place is in relation to each other. And then I wish I liked it more. <laughs> yeah so um i liked the end i mean the, so in the i guess the theme of the movies like absence and presence or whatever and and what each character needed to do at the end where she needed to leave and he needed to, to stay and then he's like how long do i stay and then the answer was how lo however long it takes and he finally moves out of the inn, which was like living in his dad's memory or in his dad's shadow and finding a month to month rental and just like doing his own thing. It would have would have been fun. I, I, you didn't need a Korean translation to kind of understand what he was talking about because we had the context of like, oh, yeah, he's a translator 
there, works for a company. He got to work when he's even away on this trip for his family and whatever. And so it was, I thought that was great that they didn't have subtitles. I thought that was a fun choice. And one part I didn't like was like when Paul was saying like, what's the in between this page and what this page, how do they decide to meet up and do they send each other texts and did they give you like, did she have a text phone because it's a dumb phone, but can she send texts? It's like, Hey, meet me at this place or I'll come by and pick you up at this place. And I just wanted to know some of the, uh, the behind the scenes of that. The one scene I didn't like was the only like scene where the camera actually moved was the walk and talk along the fence line where they're like on opposite sides of the fence and they're like walking. And I thought, I mean, I didn't like how the first thing that she asked was like, you speak English. And then he came to all defensive. Like you don't think Asian people speak English. Like, I don't know. Anybody, like, I guess anybody in America, I just assume speak English and it would be weird if they didn't speak English. That's just me, though. It's not like she's in Korea. She's in Columbus, Indiana. And but, but she says she knows or she thinks she knows who he is and that he's the son of this guy that she knows is from Korea. So I guess it's kind of a fair assumption to make. But I, I think I still agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the first question. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's. And it's all forgivable because of how, yeah, it's the, it's the Well, pace. if he's Korean, sorry, if the, <laughs> if the movie creator, director, I'm not sure what part he did, is Korean. Oh, he's the writer and director. Korean, maybe he's, he gets that all the time. He's the writer maybe. and the director and the editor, which that never happens. So okay. that's one of, that's one of the coolest things about it is like when they shot that scene in the mirror they were planning on shooting it from other angles but since he knew he was going to edit it he was like oh no we got it and they just didn't take any other alternate angles or like the scene where they cut the dialogue he like wrote the script and directed it they had dialogue in those scenes but he was the only one that knew like when i edit this i'm going to cut the sound out so there's lots of cool little things like that that usually you don't get when the director writer is also the editor sorry for the tangent um the the very end i felt like like me and rachel watched the movie together and at the end is like did we ever get to see the mom <laughs> like 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 how many how many times the mom was in it i couldn't tell you how she looked as in like they didn't ever did like a close-up of her face there's a lot of close-ups of casey's face casey's face looking up at the architecture or casey's face doing whatever but it, it, like the only time she was either in shadow or in profile, even like at the very end when they're laying in the same bed and the mom's like closest to the camera, you couldn't even see the face because it was like in shadow. Casey was like illuminated behind. Oh, I that, thought that was interesting. Did maybe this is one of the main points too, though? But you know how like when the mom's working in her factory and when you've paid attention to the like architecture of everything else, like like unto library shelves and somebody's just putting in crappy magazines or like when somebody's just moving cardboard boxes, you're like, whoa, even the inside of a factory is like 
kind of beautiful in its own ugly. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I that like when so as you're talking about mom. So yes, yeah, her scenes in the factory. What did we ever figure out? Was she out all night? Because so she's not a janitor, a night janitor anymore. So yeah. where where did she go? Is that the just a mystery that was never told? Is she out doing meth or is she out addicted to her boyfriends or whatever? I think, she, I think she's in love with the next poop head. Yeah. And, and on to the next poop head. And she never uh, like you'd think. So the way that it set it up, it was devastating for Casey talking through the people in this building where she went and applied for. So she was already in there and then now she's looking in at night and it's all illuminated within and she's talking to that coworker and the coworker's covering for her, lying for her for whatever reason. And then you'd think the next scene would be, uh-oh, the confrontation scene. And she sits on the couch and the mom comes in and it it's not brought up. And it's probably that moment where she's like maybe she came maybe that was the part where she's like gave her permission that she can leave like she she doesn't have to stay and and be a mom to her mom i don't know maybe yeah like maybe her mom's okay enough you know yep or and she doesn't and it's okay i i thought that was really interesting that the the main guy talked about dropping out of grad school is different than her never going to school. And I was like, I'm not sure I understand that even now, mm -hmm. what, what they were trying to say there. That's too bad. Jessica wasn't here because Rory Culkin has a master's degree in library huh. science. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that Jessica and Anthony would, I want to know their opinions about this movie. Is that the same dang thing. Like, uh, like I have a colleague who studies marginalia. Like I love like that. That's the coolest conversation ever where he's talking about it. Like the attention. I was like, this is so, but like, I guess it's just the, this mirror on this world that I care about. So it was, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Taking seriously parts of books that not everybody should have to take seriously. So, yeah. Oh man, I love Oh, it's gonna be great. There was one thing. Um and there was that other tour guide that Casey, what's her name? She would overhear and then literally repeat back the things that he said. And so this other tour guide shows up in the movie more than once. He's actually you see him in the background at the library just passing by and that i didn't even show that to chad i was thinking about saying chad rewind that was the tour guide because he literally just walked through the background and i'm like oh so that was a really fun little thing that they did there i liked it <laughs> that's fun well that's a this is a good movie club pick sean I appreciated it and I liked it fine. I wish I loved it. And I think I can convince myself to love it. Just like I can convince myself to love a uh, bright star. Just like I can give, convince myself to love what was Carrie's pick. That was five stars. Oh man. What other movies have you done? Carrie. Smoke signals. 
about a boy. Yeah, about a boy, five stars. That's what it was. <laughs> it's not about a boy anymore. It's about a boy, five stars. <laughs> well, I I like this because I like unabashedly love this movie, but it's kind of a recent addition to movies that I love. It's not like a sacred cow. So I yeah. don't feel bad about other people not liking it. I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing everyone's reasons for why they didn't like this movie. So this no. is a fun choice. My choices seem to go back to movies that I've seen and movies that I like. Um, and I think it's fun doing modern movies and maybe even movies that you haven't seen, but like think that could be interesting. And then, then you can come without with like a, yeah, it's always a different choice every time you get to choose a movie for movie club and what you think you're going to do might switch up at the last second. And I wonder what Jason's going to do next month. Is is a real? Is a there's no like rhyme or reason to right any of his field. picks. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the spread of Jason's picks, there's, I think it's the widest spread. It could like any movie could be on that thing. Anything? Oh, anything else, Sean, to wrap it up? I don't think so. I think I rudely interjected all of the other things I wanted to say. So, not rudely ever. <laughs> so good. Was he married? Was Jen? What was Jen's relationship status with anybody? I don't know. I was just worried about that. I was worried um, that something was unraveling in. Well, that's kind of like Carrie's coming in, knowing, wanting to know the synopsis beforehand, so you're yeah. not like worried about what's going to happen you can just sit and enjoy what's happening well i was so you know the scene where he wakes we see him like he's had too much to drink he fell asleep in the chair mm -hmm. then we find out that like the main She's girl in the bed i was like oh thank goodness you're still dressed in yesterday's clothes and you're in the chair and she's in the bed because i didn't want to taint this this thing that was really cool, you know? Yeah, it was too pure. Like, and and I, I really, really, like, a, there was just a sigh of relief when that's what happened. And even I loved that when she comes out of the room, she sees, like, somebody else cleaning, and she just turns and doesn't really get caught, and it's okay. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to get caught. Like, life is already too hard for you, <laughs> you know? Like, you're going through hells. Like, just, just get out of that little inn. You're going to be all right. So, yeah, I, I was cheering for her, man. Yeah, and she she probably knows most of the cleaners in Columbus, Indiana. And one of them she did. Like and but I but I even thought that was cool, like where they're like you watch them like flatten a pillow and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's an artistic approach to this thing that we don't ever think of as you know, interior decorated. Like you put the pillow here versus there, you fold it versus not, like you flatten it out and make it look nice for the people, like you're you're help you're beautifying the space even if you don't get paid as much like you're, you're doing really noble cool things so i love that i part. i really like that that they showed people that usually don't get shown yep. and it didn't really cast like a negative light on them either it reminded me as of uh nomad land but that's like the whole thing that that movie's about and this was yeah. just a little piece of this one but i i really like that but like um 
typical body types for the world, but atypical body types for the screen where you're just like, oh yeah, there's a woman who's large and in charge and working in a factory. You never see like a big woman unless there's supposed to be some sort of statement about that that's beautiful too. And she was just allowed to be factory work. She probably really did work at the factory, you know? So I love that. Great. Great, Sean. Good pick. Best so pick. I'll text Jason, I guess, and he's going to pick something. I'm looking at December, and it looks like there's the 13th is the Wednesday or the 20th, and I'm leaning more towards the 20th. How does that sound to everyone? Mom's upstairs. Rachel, are you upstairs or are you on the couch? You're downstairs. Oh, did my mic just come unplugged? No, we can hear you. Okay, I just heard like that. Uh, the sound the computer makes when the USB comes unplugged. Um, anybody else watch anything good? Uh, you've already talked about it, so. But I watched. Or other clips. Uh, the nice guys on Netflix, and I laughed a lot during that movie. <laughs> so, different kind of movie. Different kind of movie. Ryan Gosling and uh, um, Russell Crowe. Just like Russell Crowe is in some interesting picks right now. Like where he's like an angry, you... just chases a woman for two hours and wants to kill her in his car. Just like a. I didn't see the Pope's exorcist. I don't know if Carrie did, but I've heard a lot about it. Like just like Italian uh, accent, Russell Crowe just being an old fat man and kind of like the same thing that he did in Thor love and thunder when he was Zeus or whatever, just like his choices are so funny right now. Yeah. Nice guys. I think pairs good with drive. So I agree. That's a fun. That's a fun like Ryan Gosling double feature. If you just want to see Ryan Gosling be beat up a bunch of times. <laughs> well, and watch him flex like dang, that dude's a pretty rad actor. Like Lars and the Real Girl plus that plus that. You're just like you've got a chiseled jaw, but my gosh, man, you got some chops as an actor too. So you crush. Oh, yeah, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but Rachel McAdams in um and are you there god it's me margaret oh, just yeah. the biggest the biggest tearjerker of a movie and she deserves an oscar and probably fa favorite performance of the year I'll have to check it out I added that to the list but I I haven't watched it yet maybe I'll watch it over thanksgiving break Oh it's a perfect thanksgiving family friendly talk about periods and about boys and about getting bigger boobs <laughs> we must increase our bust oh it's so good guys <laughs> um am i missing anything it's been two hours i think that we think we covered it oh yeah so paul watch and paul and sean watch Marianne on Tubi. Be prepared to talk about that probably on, on the December 3rd. 
and um, Carrie and Jessica are going to watch Middlemarch and Anthony, I guess. And we're going to talk about that probably in January. It's going to take a while to watch all those and get caught up. If anybody wants to read Pride and Prejudice, we're going to do like a book club style podcast in January. So Anthony read Sense and Sensibility. We did that. We did episode one together. And so Anthony wants to read it again. And Jessica wanted to read it again. And I'm not sure who else wants to read it. But if anybody wants to read Pride and Prejudice, we're going to talk about that in January, probably later January. The book. Well, I'll definitely oh. watch Marianne. Yeah, that's what and I can we'll talk. See what <laughs> see what else. Yeah, we'll see. That's right. I was going to bring up Spotify for podcasters. Previously, Anchor, Miss Americana has two listens. So, Rachel, that's the good lowest. Job, right? It's <laughs> also um, come on. I think I think like we put we have our finger on the pulse of of uh, pop culture right now. Yeah, for sure. And after after we watched Miss Americana, all I saw in the news was Taylor Swift everywhere. <laughs> it's like never ending. You're a very with it crew. I think that goes with us. <laughs> so congrats to Rachel for having a finger on the pulse of youth culture. Not even youth culture. It's just culture, culture. everywhere. Though. Yeah, you all owe me <laughs> for watching that. Making me more. Yeah, <laughs> me making you watch it. Did anybody go see the concert film in theaters? My wife and her mom did. <laughs> and her mom? Your mother-in-law? Yep. That's amazing. Yep. I said it was. Does Phoebe care about Taylor Swift at all, Sean? No, she went through a little phase a while ago, like probably five years ago, where she was really into listening to music. And it was mostly stuff that like Carrie and I listened to in the car. She had her little MP3 player and she was always moody with her ear earbuds in. And then that just like kind of passed. And she seems like she doesn't really care about music at all since then. So I don't know, maybe it'll come back. But Lawrence found my video iPod and found Weezer. So he listens to Blue and Green album. He likes those. And then he found Ben Folds and he loves philosophy. So he's like, I gotta listen to philosophy. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah, it's fine. I love it. What? Is Bruno in here? Alright, well that's it. I move that we adjourn this session of the movie club. All in favor say aye. Yeah, we're done. Aye. The eyes have it. Uh, see you guys. See ya. Bye. Until next time. Bye. Bye.